I guess the follow-up there is girlfriends bringing their boyfriends to the bar. No? Banned? If I fucking see you making out with your boyfriend in that bar, I'm kicking you out. I'm not even a bodyguard. I don't give a shit. Like, one, straight men, they're their own problem. That's a whole other podcast episode. This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Rail. And I'm Wade Clausen. And welcome back to Let's Unpack That. Today we are joined by Patrick Cott. Welcome to Let's Unpack That. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing good. How are you guys today? Doing great. Pretty good. You are currently in New York, but do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a background on where you're from and what you do? Yeah, totally. So been living in New York City for about a year and a half now. I moved here from the Chicago suburbs, grew up in Mount Prospect, Illinois. I went to high school there, went to college also in Illinois. It was a wild, wild time. I um, kind of love the Midwest. It's like my favorite part of the entire country. It's a lovely place to also grow up, and I think Chicago is one of the best cities there is. But yeah, I decided to move to New York about a year and a half ago, and we've kind of, we'll, we'll be here for a while, I think. Been having a really good time so far. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, we love the Midwest ourselves. Obviously, mm. we um, live in Wisconsin, which isn't quite as luxurious. Fun. Is a little annoying, but yeah, there definitely is a certain level of charm that comes with living in the Midwest. It keeps you humble, you know. It keeps you (laughs) a little more self-aware, a little more kind. But do you want to tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up for you in the Chicago suburbs? Yeah, so I think that I had a little bit of a different childhood compared to a lot of other people. My parents immigrated here in 1996 from Poland. Um, Just grew up in like a very Polish household in terms of just how they raised me. I didn't really learn to speak English until I was maybe seven, seven, um, something like that. So I really only learned by going to school. Spoke Polish to my parents throughout my entire life and just grew up in that culture. So it was... I think not until I maybe went to middle school was I like, okay, I'm maybe starting to understand the Midwestern culture itself just because a lot of me growing up was with my parents and the way that they raised me was how they were raised literally like thousands of miles away. Overall though, I absolutely loved it. Like it was just, you're right, there is like some sort of like humble aspect to it where it's not that people are even necessarily nicer. Like I'd say that everywhere, like, you know, across the country, people act the exact same to me, but it was just a lot more welcoming. I think that it was very comfortable to grow up there and... The people that I met are still some of my best friends to this day, and it just was a very, very comfy environment. I don't know whether, I mean, I'm sure that Wisconsin's like very similar, but I didn't have much, many complaints, if that, you know, makes any sense. (laughs) So are you still fluent in Polish? Yeah, I definitely have gotten worse just because there isn't really too many people to talk to um, in Polish. You know, I also went to Polish school when I was a kid. So like basically my week looked like this. It would be Monday through Thursday. No, I'm sorry. Monday through Friday, went to school, did my thing, and then... Friday at like four o'clock, we would start Polish school, which was just in another, like a neighboring suburb. And I would be there from like four to nine. So it was like every week I had like religious ed, but it was in Polish. And then I would have to learn how to like write, learn how to speak it. It's ingrained into my brain so much now that I'm, it's going to be difficult for me to forget it. But it's very much more of like a conversational thing rather than like a, a formal, you know, formal Polish convo. And you went to like Polish school in Chicago? Yeah. So it was just a church and um, <laughs> it honestly was just like five hours to like fuck around. Like we did not learn shit. So I met some of my really good friends there too. Um, shout out to Sarah and Roxana. We just were like so rebellious. I don't know what the hell it was, but like we would go. And I remember at one point we made our teacher cry. Like she literally got paid extra to teach us. Like I think hundreds of dollars. 
to be like, please, like, because it was like a volunteer thing. And I think it had to be like, I'd say a couple hundred thousands, who knows? They were like, we're begging you just like take all of these people and just like shove them into a class and then teach them. Like, try your best. Um, But it was like, yeah, it was five hours of just. I didn't learn any more Polish. I didn't like. I learned about World War One and World War Two, like literally for eight years straight because we couldn't get to a different topic. It was so fucking terrible. How old are you? Were you during that? It was first through eighth grade. So it was, okay. I did it up until I was like what, twelve, thirteen, something like that. And this this lady was still your teacher throughout that. We got her in like third grade, and then she like you're supposed to switch teachers every single grade, obviously. And she just carried on like she was there for all five years because they're like fuck it like literally just like there's we can't find anybody else who wants to teach these kids so and they tried to split us up one time and it still didn't work um because we would like just like literally go to different classrooms it was ridiculous so you mentioned that you didn't really learn english until you started going to school when you were seven right mm-hmm. was there any kind of cultural differences that you had to navigate i didn't like get used to like the proper way of i guess having a conversation with somebody i literally did not learn how to like pronounce words properly until I was in high school. One time I was sitting in Steak and Shake. Do you guys know what Steak and Shake is? Mm-hmm. Literally like the best fucking, like it's the best restaurant in the world. Um, but we'd always like go there after high school football games and just whenever we had a chance to like go and sit down, we'd always, we always would. And they had Cajun fries. And I literally pronounced Cajun as Kajun for maybe like six years. I'm not even Kajun. And I sat there <laughs> and I sat there with my friends and one time I was like, oh yeah, can I get like the burger with the Kajun fries? And this guy goes, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck did you just say? I just wasn't very, like, used to proper, like, American humor, if that makes any sense. But I, like, caught on pretty quickly, right? It was kind of wild to live in, like, two different lives. When I would go to school, I would be with my friends and kind of act very differently when I would come home. And, you know, that had a very big impact on my sexuality as well, and, like, coming out to, you know, anyone. Um, and just, yeah, it was... I also grew up in a very conservative household, right? So all my parents were... Not that they were, like, Republican or anything like that, but they were, like, just very religious. And Polish Catholics are, like, on another level crazy. Like, it's not just, like, oh, we go to... Like, I was going to church every single Sunday. Mom was telling me to pray, like, to Jesus all the time. Like, it was just, I think... Like, I grew up in, like, just a very conservative household that also, like, had... Like, socially, it was very conservative as well. I remember going to high school, and I didn't have, like, the best viewpoints on things. I remember... There was this girl, um, I would like sit at the lunch table and she would just, you know, she was very liberal and she was just like saying all these things about politics and about social issues. And I would talk to her and be like, well, I disagree with that. And like kind of give a more conservative viewpoint. And not until maybe I was like sophomore and I started to hang out with a lot more people where I was like, oh, my conservative viewpoints are actually like batshit crazy. Like I should not be thinking that way. Um, but it took, you know, me kind of getting out of my house to transition to that right like and you know that opened me up to my own sexuality and how i was you know things that i was digging really deep into a hole for a long time and yes it was it was kind of wild getting used to that was there ever a struggle finding yourself with that aggressive polish catholic uh religion oh yeah absolutely i mean it just was you know you'd go to church and i actually really liked going to church i liked the idea of like starting a week off in a very kind of cleansed way i don't know cleanse is necessarily the, the right word but you know you would leave and you would feel a little bit better right and you were kind of ready for the week but finding myself like you're like it was very difficult because i would you know just like i think all of us like we have these feelings i mean i had feelings about my sexuality since god who even knows when but it was you know it was suppressing that for a long time where i just did not want to think about it i didn't want to like yeah i'm freaking what like watching gay porn and i'm like oh i don't 
I don't believe in that though. Like, I don't, like, whatever that means, you know, it's like fucking crazy. It was not until I started distancing myself from like my family a little bit more because I was hanging out with my friends and just chatting with them and, you know, their viewpoints on life where I was like, oh, maybe I should like start to accept myself a little bit more when it comes to just things that I haven't really been thinking about for a long time, you know? Yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, I myself, like I was in a very Lutheran Christian household my whole life. And I was like a worship leader. Like I was in the church choir. Like I loved that routine. Like I totally get what you're saying because like, it's nice to have kind of that reset, that place to just like have that nice routine and like feel a little better. As you said, like when you leave, it's like a nice routine. And I do get why so many people love having religion and kind of depend on it as like their anchor in life. I totally get why people are like that. But then there's obviously that extremist aspect of it that is so unhealthy and really unchristian. For you, Patrick, when you were coming out, how did you navigate those religious components of that Polish background when it came to coming out to family and those that were a part of that religious group? Oh, we're about to dig so deep into a crazy story. (laughs) (laughs) I think in high school, I was like, I don't really know whether I believe in God. I don't know whether, you know, it's just religion is for me. I would go to church and I'd be like, they're saying the same thing every single week. I'm not taking it to heart. I think the minute I realized that maybe religion wasn't for me was when confession happened. And I was like, how is this priest able to just talk to God within one second and be like, this girl's okay? I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Also, why is this divorce lady walking out of here sobbing? Like, I remember one time I was <laughs> standing in confession. I was standing in line, and this woman's walking out crying, and she was in there for like 30 minutes. And meanwhile, I'm going up to this priest, and he's like, he doesn't give a shit about what I have to say. Like, the amount of times, I, I don't know whether, I mean, both of you were very religious in terms of like also like going to confession regularly. I've never done that. I've never, I, gone to confession I've never done that, no. You've never done it. Okay, so it's like, you know, you go in and you obviously like confess your sins. And I remember the amount of times I would go in, I was like, and I would say, I'm distancing myself from the church. I can feel that I don't believe in God anymore. And he's like, just go watch a YouTube video, vibe. I'm like, what? Like, you're not even caring about what I'm saying here. And so I think it was very easy for me to distance myself from the whole religious aspect of it, right? I didn't really come out to my family. I was more outed to my family, which was rough. Um, And that was just like a bad thing. I think like my parents did not handle it well at all. Um, And we kind of swept it under the rug, actually for years. Like I'd say like throughout college, we just didn't talk about it. And it was always just like, oh, it's not necessarily that it's a phase, but it was always just, you know, they weren't very accepting. And then actually like it was during Christmas this year um, where like shit just like really blew up um, and unfortunately got kicked out of my house. So I don't really talk to my parents anymore. Um, my mom and I like we, you know, just started chatting like a little bit recently. So we're, like we're getting back in the groove of things. But yeah, so like my family, like I'd say didn't really ever wasn't like very accepting of it. But my friends, on the other hand, were absolutely lovely. Like. I was always so afraid to come out to them. And then senior year of high school, um, I remember I was just like, fuck it. Like, this is so stupid. Like, if, if, you know, if they're not accepting of it, then that's their business. And I'm sure that we've all watched Love, Simon here, right? Everyone has their own opinions of that movie. I have a tattoo for it because it was just like the most like pivotal thing in my life. And I basically came out to my friends in like the same way that he did, right? It was just like, obviously it wasn't like a whole fucking Ferris wheel moment for me, but it was uh, just like came out to my friend in a car and I was just like, I'm gay. And she's like, okay, that's like one thank you for telling me. We just like sobbed together for like 30 minutes. And then uh, like after that, I was just like rolling it out. I was telling everyone. It was like, <laughs> I make this joke all the time, but if I could come out again, I absolutely would. Like it was just, you're like a celebrity for like a fucking month. You're walking around school and everyone's like, did you hear? And I'm like, 
Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one gay kid in high school. Yes, exactly. You can see like the rom-com montage with like I'm coming out playing in the background and you like walking <laughs> down the hallway of the high school. Like I can totally see and, it like, right confetti, now. And <laughs> confetti, confetti just falling from the sky, rainbow confetti. But yes, yeah, so that's like that was my experience with my friends and they, they were just so supportive and I couldn't have asked for like a better, um, better group of people. It was weird, though. Then I went back to college, and I went back in the closet for freshman year because I wanted to be in a fucking frat like an idiot. And then I was like, oh, I can't be gay. Like, they'll hate me. And then senior year, I'm like, everybody here is gay. Like, I could have been the fucking king of this place. Like, And then I came out my seat my sophomore year again in college, and ever since then, it's just been... I'm happy to say that I have, like, never been so comfortable with my sexuality. I am... Like, it's not that it's, I'm happy to say that it's also not, like, just, like, the one thing about me that, you know, it's like, oh, like, that's my first thing I'm going to tell someone. But it's, I've never been, like, as comfortable as I have been now, which that's is awesome. lovely. I want to circle back slightly, if you want to, to, like, your family and, like, that recent experience that you had. Because I think it's that something that a lot of people struggle with is their family not accepting them or it being kind of swept under the rug. And especially with, with what you just mentioned with kind of being... Uh, kicked out of your house recently mm. how do you mentally process that and move on from it like do you want to try to rebuild those relationships with your family or are you just kind of going with the flow and letting them be the ones to try to mend it the answer is therapy I am um, literally never believed in therapy I was like okay you know I can handle my it's not that I, did, I felt that you know if, if I was always so accepting of if people wanted to go, but to me, I was like, you know what? I feel like I can process my emotions myself. I'm good to go. And after that whole thing happened, I like kind of, I actually was chatting with my roommate about it because I really went like numb for about a month. And then, you know, this happened at the end of December. So it's been about a month and a half, but like for maybe like a month, I just was not thinking about it. I was going about my days if everything was fine. And you know, it's a, all my friends were like this, like you should be breaking down. Like you, like you have, like, this is absolutely crazy. Something like this would happen to you. And I was like, Maybe, you know, I think that for a lot of gay men, especially when they're younger, it's something that you prepare yourself for for a long time, right? I think that for me, a lot of friends were like, just come out to them, like, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I understand my family more than anybody else does. And I know how they're going to react and what could possibly happen. And so, you know, it was, I kept it as peaceful as I could for years where I just knew that I'm still very financially dependent on my family, right? And like, that's a, that's the wrong way to look at that, but... I think at the end of the day, like, I need to get through college. Like, I need to get through my life as a young adult first before I can kind of blow it all up, right? And I think, you know, it's a... Therapy was the answer for me. Like, I've only been honestly to two sessions, so I'm not, like, fucking saying it's, you know, it's been, like, done any difference yet. But, like, just being able to talk about it and realize that this is a humongous event in my life that I have to process and I have to, like, learn more about. Like, and also just, like, it's not just the event itself, but, you know, your childhood. I think that you grow up and you don't realize, like, how many of these things that happen in your, in your childhood are so inc incredibly important, like, in forming the person that you are today, right? And so, for me, it's, you know, unpacking a lot of that shit, where, like, it was my household when I was younger, and, you know, thinking about middle school, elementary school, and 
seeing, okay, how can I maybe take some traumatic events and things that happened to me and think about them and then, you know, become okay with it. The way that I reacted where I was like pretty calm about the whole situation is because I was preparing myself for six years, right? Like I had that little taste of what could possibly happen when I was outed to them. And I was like, okay, I have to prepare myself for like the worst, the worst situation that could possibly happen. Sure enough, it did. And so when it did occur, like I'm financially stable, I have a job, I'm living hundreds of miles away. Like I think that's the only reason why I was able to get through it was because I was in a very comfortable place in like on my own. But I, you know, I can't even imagine like what other kids go through where they're still living in that house, like in a house with their family who doesn't accept them and they get kicked out and they have like nowhere to go. Right. Like I, that's a completely different thing to process than, you know, me already kind of living my own independent life. And then this kind of just occurring and like being like more of like a side thing rather than like my entire life, you know? So I think that's the only reason why I've been able to get through it as easily as I kind of have. <laughs> and therapy is so underrated. I feel like a lot of people just see it as talking to somebody, mm-hmm. but it, it's not. It's it's a whole different level of communication. Totally. You can talk to your friends as much as you want. Like they're always going to be there to listen, but it's also important to kind of go to a person who's going to have an unbiased point of view. Like your friends, no matter what they say, it's oh, this is going to be kind of crazy to say, but they're always going to have some sort of motive, right? Like in the back of their head is always going to be like, okay, but how is this affecting me? Right? Like how is like, how, you know, even when I talk to my friends about dating, love them to death. But when I say like, when I talk to them about dating and then they kind of give their opinion, I'm like, okay, I'll take it with a grain of salt. Cause I have to consider that you're taking into consideration. How is Patrick's dating life going to affect my relationship with him? Right. And so, you know, it's a different topic than obviously your sexuality, but like Going to a therapist and someone who literally doesn't know anything about your life, doesn't know anything about your friends, and is just there to listen and, like, listen and then also give you constructive feedback, I think is, you know, it's it's incredibly important and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Definitely advocate for therapy. Like, when I was younger and I was struggling with, like, depression, I would always, like, lie. I don't know if, if you guys, when you guys have gone to, like, physicals when you were younger and they would always ask, have you had any, like, depressive thoughts? And, like, your mom's there and I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm fine. Like, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like, I look back and, like, in those moments, I should have said yes. Mm-hmm. I should have sure. said, yes, I am struggling because then I could have gotten that help so much sooner. Ten years ago, like, things were so different, too, right? I mean, it's the... I don't know whether both of you feel the same way, but I kind of look back at the last like maybe decade and I think the world has changed in so many fucking ways. Like just maybe taking mental health into consideration by itself, like just people wanting to talk about it and wanting to discuss the idea of, you know, has it kind of gone a little bit crazy in certain ways in terms of like, especially with therapy, TikTok, I talked to my therapist about it, therapist about it too, where she's like, everyone's trying to therapize themselves and like say, oh, I have avoidant attachment disorder. I have this, I have that. It's like, Again, you know, obviously there are so many people struggling with depression and anxiety. It doesn't mean that you also just have it, right? Like there's uh, there's different things that are going on. And I think it's uh, it's important to also like take into consideration that like you're going to have so many hardships, like things are going to happen. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I, I'm very much am happy with the conversation that's happening now where people are just more willing to talk about their problems and like be much more open about it. And, you know, I don't know whether your family situations were the same, but with mine, like we just like the way that we would go about like arguments, it was like we would fight and then like pretend like nothing happened. And then we just like go about our day. And like that sticks with you. Like for a while it just like builds up and up and up to where you're like starting to have a to- like a toxic relationship with your own family, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's tricky if you have people within your family that have differing views. And I think with time, I at least really value the conversations. And I think my family members do as well, where we can have like constructive conversations of differing views. Cause I think while you don't necessarily need to like 
agree with their standpoint. Hopefully if they come to it with a positive mindset and you come to it with a positive mindset, you can like leave with at least an understanding. So Patrick, you moved from Chicago to New York. Um, what was that shift like for you? I have to say, I was just excited to be here. I think for me, it was a goal of mine to move here at least like one point in my life. And I was very happy to do it so early on. Um, has it been chaotic in certain points? Absolutely. I think there have been instances where I'm like, this might be a little bit too much for me. I probably should go home. And it's been nice to like take like vacations once in a while. But overall, the city itself is, it's a lot of fun. You know, you're always like walking out and you have something to do. And I think that that's why so many people also want to move here is because, you know, it's a it's a constant chaos that's really enjoyable. Will I ever burn out? Who knows? Maybe. I know one thing that um, some past guests have mentioned about New York culture is like you go out almost every single night. You are constantly going. You're rolling up to work hungover. Is that something that you've experienced? And how did you handle that? When I moved here, I was going on like seven day benders. Like <laughs> Monday through Sunday, I was drunk as fuck. And like... Now you're following my Instagram stories. Like, you see. Like, it's just, like, 3 to 4 a.m. I'm, like, literally hammered. Um, and I think that it fits the right personality, right? Like, to me, I am very much like to hang out with people. I would consider myself very extroverted. And it, it feeds into that, right? Like, when... You know, you have something to do on a Monday, something on a Tuesday. Like, it's just... Whether it's going to drinks or just, like, doing anything, right? And I think the... The sweet spot is finding things to do that aren't necessarily all drinking, right? I think for maybe like a solid year, that's all I was doing, where I was really like getting hammered 24-7. And I'm like, okay, this is not like a good track to go down. I was like, maybe switch it up a little bit. So, you know, there's things like now I'm like in Gotham volleyball. I haven't played volleyball since freaking freshman year of high school, but I was like, fuck it. Like, I just want to like make friends and I want to go out with them. Like, do we drink after? Yeah, but at least I'm playing volleyball for an hour and a half. And so it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's different stuff. You know, it's a finding, like, I found friends who I love to go to the movie theater with and just like chat about movies and, you know, some sort of different entertainment, whether it's like going to a museum. So in the Midwest, it's like a little bit different too. I think that people are very chill, like Monday through like, I'd say like a Thursday. Like I would try to go out Thursday night on, in Chicago and like nobody would be out. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Um, here it's very different. Like people are willing to party it up 24 seven, I must say. One thing that I've heard people say previously is you are not going to find anyone to date unless you're like 26 in New York. Would you say that a lot of the gay communities heavily hookup based there compared to actually wanting to find something serious? Oh, absolutely. When you have so many options in terms of, you know, a lot of people who are very attractive, I think when you are just have a constantly busy life, the last thing you are really thinking about is dating. And the amount of time you have is just primarily for hookups, right? I've gone on very few, I'd say, like third, fourth dates, right? It's really kind of, you just like meet him once, or you meet him twice, you know, you hook up, maybe you don't, and then you like see him out of bars and you just like, or you become friends, who knows? It's all about, I think, your intention about dating, right? When you are going into it with, oh, I, I'm just like here to go with the flow and like, who knows? Then that's, those are the people you're going to attract. But like, I remember I didn't have Hinge for a year and I just kind of dated organically and I would meet people at bars and it was just like meeting through Instagram because every gay follows each other anyway it was not until i got back on hinge probably like at the end of last year where i was like i'm trying to find a relationship i want to find somebody to date seriously and anybody who is not down for that i'm not going to be down for you either right and so i remember like i would get that question of like oh what are you looking for and i'm like i want a relationship and he's like oh i don't really know if i want that i'm like then bye like what the fuck are we doing talking here like uh, one like it's also <laughs> guys are so funny right when it comes to dating because they're just like well like don't you just like want to hook up i'm like 
Sure, but there's also like 50 billion dicks out there that are like, I don't have, like, yours is like, if you're not looking for the same thing as me, then like, why would I hook up with, uh, it's like, it's different. I don't know what, yeah. what your opinion is about this. No, I know but. what you mean. I think dating with intention is really important or like even just talking to people with intention is important because I think for me, I've caught myself in the past, like doing it super unintentionally and like only doing it because I'm bored. And particularly like with Snapchat, it literally was just like, yes, like these interactions with men are giving mm. me like in the moment gratitude or even like using Grindr, like in the moment, like you're loving the attention, you're loving like all that. And you know exactly how to play into it. Like, you know how to like sexualize yourself or whatever to like check the box and like uh, uh, appeal yeah. to what these men want from you. At the end of the day, like, none of those interactions are worth anything. Like there's no like long lasting positive impact to your life from them. If anything, it's a negative impact on like your mental health because you're really in the end only being valued for like your body or whatever. There's no like personal connection. I think taking a break off apps is actually like super helpful for like mental health and yeah, stuff. Cause you're sure. not honestly like always texting or always checking Snapchat. So you don't have that like feeling in the back of your head that there's something I need to do. Yeah. You know, totally. Do you have any tips for somebody trying to date in the big cities? So it's, it's a cliche way of saying it, but at the end of the day, like really don't try to dim yourself to like make yourself more approachable or make yourself more of like a viable candidate for men specifically, like not to trash men cause we're men ourselves, but like it's the idea of, go into a date and like just behave the way that you would with your friends and if he doesn't like that that is his fucking problem that means that that person is not ready or capable for whatever the hell you got you, you were bringing to the table right and to me i remember it's not that i would like necessarily like be a lot quieter but i would be like oh i'm not kind of i'm not acting like myself i'm not behaving in like a the who i you know am around my friends and now i've kind of gone into dates where i'm like i'm going to give you all i got within the first 5 minutes and if you don't like it then we're just not a match. I think another tip is like, don't waste your time. I used to sit through hours, hours, hours of like long dates and just be like, oh no, like this person deserves my time or like, or like I don't want to like be mean. You don't have to be mean, right? Like it's the idea of you both know what you're going into and don't like sit there and kind of like be in pain for hours and instead just like give it a good 45 minutes to an hour and if in that hour you guys aren't clicking you're not going to click in the next two like that's just not happening you know um and so now i'm very much like uh let's have one drink after that one drink i'm going to reassess to myself whether i want to be here and if i don't i'm just gonna you know ask for the check or say i got an early morning and we're gonna get out of here so there are two tips that i got <laughs> for people love that thank you for the advice another thing that we had kind of talked about previously ahead of starting to film here is going out with your girlfriends and taking them to gay bars i think it's a really interesting conversation and something that we've totally. touched about briefly on the podcast is it appropriate to bring your girlfriends with you to a gay bar what's the best etiquette because obviously i love going to a gay bar with my girlfriends i don't want to go to a straight bar with them like ew that's not going to be fun because um, <laughs> gay bars are 10 times as fun like there's a way better music way better atmosphere there's a vibe to catch everyone isn't just like standing there like you know there, yeah. it, it's a way better experience but at the same time i think it's very easy for suddenly a gay bar just has a hundred straight girls standing in it and just they're just going crazy for the drag show which i love their energy i love that they're here to have a good time but where does it come to the point where it's crossing a line to they're intruding that gay space like what do you think about that patrick 
I am kind of CEO of bringing my girlfriends to straight bars. Sorry, to gay bars. Like, I've been doing it since college, the minute I was going out. And you're right. Like, I'm not going to go to a straight bar because, let's face it, like, I went through four years of fucking hell going to these frat parties and being in spaces where I did not feel welcome or I did not feel comfortable. I'm not going to be doing it in my adult life when I know that I have options where I'm going to feel good, right? And to me, I've, like, I've also, you know, thought, like, oh, my God, like, is this good of me? Is this right of me? And at the end of the day... I think it's all about how your straight girlfriends behave in that space, right? I think that I have been witness to, like, straight women coming into gay bars and, like, behaving in a way where it's like their, it's like their bar all of a sudden. It's their space. And they can treat me however they want. And I just, like, it's just like a, rem- I just need to remind them and be like, remind, like, remember where you are. Like, this is a gay bar. Like, do not treat me disrespectfully. Yeah, if it's different. If I'm being a bitch to you, then yeah, please be a bitch to me first. But, like... You know, you kind of see these videos of, you know, straight... It doesn't even have to be straight women. It can be just straight people in general. Like, the way that they treat drag queens, what they're saying to drag queens, is just, like, disrespectful. Or, like, going up on stage when a drag queen's performing and everyone's like, get the fuck off. Like, that's not how this works, right? However, I think that... I don't, like, really see that big of an issue with it when it comes to bringing your friends to these bars. Like, they're... Like, my girlfriends, they come with me and they have a good time. And they also understand, like, they are understanding of the fact that this is not a space made for me. Right. But I, my friend invited me. I want to come with them. And at the end of the day, like it makes me more comfortable. I want to dance with my girlfriends and I want to have a good time. And if that's how I'm going to feel the most comfortable at a gay bar, then I'm going to bring them with me. Right. And so I don't really find an issue with like gay men bringing their girlfriends to bars unless they are behaving inappropriately in that space, if that makes sense. I agree on a lot of that. I think Mm. it's great to bring your girlfriends to bars. And like, I think that they should feel comfortable coming with you. I think sometimes maybe they feel hesitation themselves and they feel like they're intruding on this space. But I really do think that they're welcomed there if they're being respectful and Mm -hmm. in supporting that good vibe. I guess the follow-up there is girlfriends bringing their boyfriends to the bar. No, banned. If I fucking see you making out with your boyfriend in that bar, I'm kicking you out. I'm not even a bodyguard. I don't give a shit. Like, one, straight men, they're their own problem. That's a whole other podcast episode. But at the end of the day, like, they don't want to be there. It's a different story about me bringing my girlfriends to this bar. And we're all having a good time together. I don't... I don't get, like, why straight couples want to come to these gay bars. Like, you are, like, your comfortable space is at straight bars. It's not their space. It's, like, they are not welcome there. In all honesty, whenever I see it, I'm kind of grossed out. So it's like, go, just go to a straight bar. Like, you also have so many more options, right, in these big cities. You have a straight bar every single block. And there's always a location that you can go to. And, like, the few spaces that we have here, and, like, just across the country, like, please just, like, don't take up space for, like, you're not welcome, you know? Like, at the end, like, just don't. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. That seems a little bit harsh, but at the end of the day, like, I don't think that they should be there. I would think that the reason that they're going to gay bars is because they want the fun atmosphere that's missing from a straight bar because straight bars tend to be very stale with their vibe. It's like weak old bread walking into one of those establishments. I would have guessed that the girl is probably like, I want a better vibe. Like, I want to actually have fun with my night. And they're like, oh, Benjamin, do you want to come with me? Like, <laughs> that's what I imagine the conversation is like. But but there's so many bars out there that are like dance bars too for for straights. There are bars that like are fun. I've gone to multiple straight bars where I've had a good time, right? It's like, just find them. Like, please, I understand. Like, there's this bar here in New York. It's called Playhouse. And I remember when I first came here, it was so much, so much fun. Like, just the perfect 
gay bar. It was pop music and everyone there was gay and it was lovely. And in the course of a year and a half, like every fucking NYU student has found out about it and they're like, I'm taking over. Like, I'm going to make this a living hell for all you guys. And so like you walk in and there's just like college students left and right and just people, you know, that like in straight couples where I'm like, what has, what has this really turned into? You know, it's, um, and the vibes just are off. Like I don't really go as often anymore because I just don't like the space and I don't like the, the crowd that goes there. Um, but they, like, as you said, Wade, it's like there, there are dancey bars. So like, why not go to them? Like, why would you not? Well, Patrick, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I really love this conversation. It's been so amazing. You're always welcome back. If you ever want to, we'd love to have you again. But when you think back to like that younger version of yourself, maybe that version of yourself in high school or in college when you were navigating coming out, what advice would you give to him? Like just that it, I think that it takes time, right? To me, I was always like felt I was so behind, especially in the sexuality thing where I was dating somebody even in college and he just seemed so ahead. Like he felt so comfortable with the sexuality. He knew about like, you know, circuit parties and he knew like gay bars and how to go out and how to like behave and flirt, whatever it may be. And I was like, when am I, am I ever going to feel comfortable? Am I ever going to feel like, okay with this? Right. And I think that the one thing I would tell myself, especially in high school is like, just be patient with it. At the end of the day, like it is still being gay in today's world is something that's not welcomed by everybody. Right. And it's still kind of a taboo issue, even though like, I think we surround ourselves with people. So it doesn't like seem like it is. Um, but yeah, just about be patient. Like I thought I would never get to a place where I am today, but I'm kind of become that person that I was always jealous of. Right. Where I feel very comfortable with my sexuality. I feel like I am making a lot more gay friends and it's a, uh, yeah, just give yourself time. That's the most important thing. And just like anything, it, it's uh, it's going to come around eventually as long as you're kind of making some sort of effort and and work hard to get there, you know? Yeah, totally. Don't stop believing. Do you want to give everyone your socials so they can check you out? I feel like I'm at Patty underscore Cot on like everything, but P-A-T-T-Y underscore K-O-T. You'll find some... Follow my Instagram, not my TikTok. My TikTok's boring as shit. Shut up. Your TikTok's so funny. I think your TikTok is so funny and so like personable and like authentic. Like, I think it's great. So do not downplay it. It's so good. I love it. Flash it up, flush it. <laughs> but you guys can follow us on Instagram at UnpackTHT and on TikTok at UnpackThatPod. And we'll see you guys right back here this June. Bye, everyone. See ya.